Psalm 1. And as you stand and, and make preparations in Psalm 1, I want to remind you, I want to remind you that uh, our sermon notes are digitally uploaded to the YouVersion app. And you can just go to YouVersion, click on the bottom three bars on the right at the main page there and go to live events. And there you will find Greater Bethlehem Baptist Church. You can click on that and you can save those to your device and be free to edit as you desire. Amen, somebody. Amen. Mm -hmm. Now, even as you stand last Sunday, we got real good and heavy. And for uh, it wasn't just for married people. Amen. It was uh, it was for married, singles, divorced, widows, everybody. That's that's somebody. It was for you. And uh, I'm grateful for uh, the receptivity. I uh, hadn't really taught on such a topic or from the Song of Songs. And one of your assignments this past week uh, was to be reading that. So if you weren't here last week or uh, you fell asleep whilst I preached, uh, I want to challenge you to find the book Song of Songs and uh, begin reading that. We're going to pick back up in a week or so, and uh, we're going to deal with... Uh, some additional themes found in that book. Man, there's some heavy stuff in there. And if you have taken any amount of time to read that, you are, you are well aware of that. Sister Carrie Perry, would you please lift your hand, Sister Carrie Perry? Give God a hand of praise, Sister Carrie Perry, right there on the third row. Amen. Uh, I've said it many, many times before. You can't keep a good woman down. And uh, Amen. She had a situation with uh, kind of being dehydrated and just feeling some kind of way. And uh, she had such wonderful medical care. Uh, that they kept her for a few days, and I went to uh, encourage her, and she ended up encouraging me. Amen. And I'm not just saying that. She's like, Pastor, I am fine. Once they get this straight, I'm coming home. I said, all right, well, let me let you go then. Give me a hug, Pastor. Come on, you can kiss me. Uh, I said, all right, all right. But praise God for just her spirit and uh, just all that good stuff. Amen. I was giving you time to find Psalm 1, Psalm 1, Psalm 1. We're going to read the whole psalm in its entirety. It's only six verses. And I want you to follow along as I read aloud. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway of, with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. I want to put a tag on this text and preach for just a few moments from the topic, Friends Matter. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father God, we are so grateful for today. Grateful for this tremendous privilege as pastor and people to share together in your word. Father, we are so grateful that the atmosphere has been set by our women and by our praise team. And Father, we just thank you that you continue to prove to be faithful to us. Father, although we stand here and prepare for the word, our heart is 
at Children's with little MJ, and we just continue to pray for him, Lord God, that you touch his little body and just continue to minister to him and to his parents. Father, on today, we're asking that you would give us a glimpse into friendships. Father, we're speaking to not just the little ones, but the not-so-little ones. Because, Father, if we're honest, we have challenges as it relates to whom we call friends. So speak to us. Help us to see ourselves. Help us to, to take the medicine of this word on today. And, Father, may we leave here impacted, challenged, prepared to deal with those to whom we call friends. We love you and we thank you. In the name of Jesus, let everybody say amen. 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 Thank you so much, ushers and musicians. Praise God for you. Uh, we have been in this relational series for several weeks. Uh, as a review, we've dealt specifically with, number one, examining ourselves. And that was Matthew chapter 7 where we talked about before you help me with my speck, you got to deal with your log that's in your eye. And that doesn't say you're not supposed to help me with my speck, but it, it says you're supposed to deal with your issues first and then allow the Lord to then guide you in assisting me. Then we dealt with the issue of just kind of helping and, and supporting each other and doing it with the spirit of love and how we speak to one another. And the book of Ephesians says, speak the truth in love. If, if you got to say it to me, figure out a way to say it, leading, being led by the Holy Spirit to the point where I won't be damaged in the exchange. And we learned that you just don't have the right to be mean, Stephen Brown. You just don't have the right to be mean. And so as a consequence of humbling ourselves and allowing the Spirit to speak to us, we can then minister to one another and encourage one another. And that's what community is all about. Then after a church anniversary and some other stuff, we dealt with the song of songs on last week. And we dealt with the subject of friends marry, friends marry. And so we dealt with courting and what it looks like to court in a godly way and how the Lord has given us a specific order in courtship. And so when you get those things out of order, y'all, you're going to have chaos, you're going to have challenges. And the things that you don't address prior to marriage will be issues in marriage. Amen. I thank you for that one. All right. I receive it in the name of Jesus. And so on today, we're going to deal with this topic of friends. And I've dealt with this many times, but, uh, but Psalm 1 gives us a fresh perspective uh, as it relates to our relationships. Look at our message moment. It says, our selection of friends matter because friends influence our lives in multiple ways. Influence. So the question I begin with is, what about your friends? If you were to make a list of those closest to you, hmm, wow. What kind of friends do you call friends? Are these the ones that are guiding you toward the destiny that God has for your life? Or are these the ones that call into question everything that God has written in his word about your life? Are these the ones who are committed to your growth and development? Or are these the ones that make you even second guess what the Lord may have shared with you from a loved one, from, from a godly mentor? See, in my own life experience, I have had the painful experience 
of people who call themselves my friends, but in reality, they did not have my best interests. And that's sort of a, 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 a cliff note definition of what a friend is. They really have your best interests. Again, not the interest that they think is best. Y'all have helped me already. But what is ultimately best based upon what the Lord has for your life and what he has communicated in your word. Young people, I'm coming down your block. Because you're at that stage in life where it is so important for you to be validated by friends. And so as young people, we have a tendency to literally call everybody our friend. Oh, that's my friend. Oh, oh yeah, she's, she's my friend. And if we were asked just a simple question, well, what, what's, what's their name? I'm, I'm not sure of the name, but they're my friend. And so I've said before, y'all, we get, we get the social media term followers misconstrued with friends. So you have people who are in your life, not necessarily to add value, but simply to find out what's happening in your life. Well, y'all help me up in here. That's what a follower does. They hang around simply to uh, catch a peek of what's happening in your life. And more often than not, that peak leads to criticism. Because again, they're not trying to add value. They're actually detracting and they're pulling away. And if you call those individuals friends, you are in for trouble. Look at your opening statement there. He says, our influences directly impact our destiny. Our influences directly impact our destiny. This, this psalm that we're dealing with is a verse-by-verse verse comparison contrast of man's choice of influences. Those we deem as friends must possess certain traits. Listen, don't ever call someone a friend who is dishonest. And see, we have this... Uh, misapprehension that folks lie to everybody else but us. Newsflash, if they lie to somebody else, they lying to you too. Oh my God. And so as a consequence, you know, we have this elitism attitude that what they do to others, they won't do. Or they would never, they would never lie to me. They just lied to you. Love. Remember, love is seeking the best good of the other individual. That's what love is. Trust. And that's a simple word, but trust, trust literally means, watch this, I can count on you. I can count on you. Or even if we do this uh, uh, in, in a way of examining ourselves, you can count on me. Trust. And these are just a few, there's a few traits of a friend. So if, if we're in too big of a hurry, young people and not so young people, for companionship, our relational health will suffer and the quality of our lives will be compromised. See, it's almost like the first day of school. You don't want to be by yourself so you're willing to sit with anyone so that you'll make sure that you're not sitting by yourself. And y'all, we take that same mentality into friendships. I'm going to make a connection with someone as soon as I can because I have this issue of being alone or by myself. And y'all, so we'll hook up with anyone just to overcome this feeling of being alone. So the psalmist helps us to understand that you got to be very careful, Stephen Brown, with those to whom you call friends. 
I have an additional uh, passage. I want you to just flip to Proverbs, if you don't mind. Just flip over, uh, let me see here, just by one book. And go to Proverbs. Go to Proverbs chapter 1. And I want the young people to listen to this passage. And again, this is not just for the young folk because they're in it. This is young and they're not so young. Everybody say, me too, Pastor, me too. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 until I get tired. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 until I get tired. Listen to what it says. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. And don't reject your mother's teaching. For they would be a garland of favor on your head and pendants around your neck. So the, the inference in this text is every single one of us ought to listen to wise counsel. Are you hearing me so far? And he says that wisdom is an adornment of favor that will guide you in your day-to-day -day activity. My son, here it is. If sinners entice you, do not be persuaded. If they say, come with us, let us ambush and kill someone. Let's attack some innocent person just for fun. Let's swallow them alive like Sheol, whole like those who go down to the pit. We'll find all kinds of valuable property and fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot with us. There it is. And we'll share all the loot. My son, don't travel that road with them or set foot on their path because their feet Run toward evil, and they hurry to shed blood. It is useless to spread a net where any bird can see it, but they set an ambush to kill themselves. They attack their own lives. Such are the paths of all who make profit dishonestly. It takes the lives of those who receive it. This, this challenge to this young man in this proverb, is a similar challenge that we find in Psalm chapter 1. And essentially, the Proverbs is speaking to young people and the not-so-young people that you got to watch those who you cast your lots with. You got to watch those that you, that you put in and invest with. You got to watch them because if you're not careful, their influence will lead you down the path that you really don't want to go. And I know there's somebody under the sound of my voice. You thought that person was your ace, boon, coon. But the more, the more territory you covered with them, the more places you went with them, you ultimately discovered, as this young man in Proverbs is warned, that, listen, they are leading you down a path of destruction. Young people, not so young people. You got to watch these people you call friends. Pastor, why is that so important? Get ready to write. We imitate our influences. We imitate our influences. We imitate. We, we begin to behave like those who are influencing us. He says right here in, in, in Proverbs 1, hey, listen, man, they, they're going to say, come with us. They're going to challenge you to follow. They're going to entice you. They're going to want you to, to, to invest in what they are invested in. And ultimately, you're going to find out that that road will lead to your own destruction. The traps that they challenge you to set for others, you all will essentially be setting for yourselves. And y'all, I have seen it. I have experienced it. And so have you. We imitate. Our influences. 
If you watch something long enough, you'll start talking like that that you watch. You'll start using the language and the lingo. You'll start, you'll start imitating what you are seeing. Can I tell you many times, I watch Denzel. Daniel, I watch Denzel in Mo' Better Blues. Y'all, I did that Denzel walk for two years. And I think my walk was smoother than Denzel's. I was imitating his walk. You know why? Because it was cool to me. I liked it. It was just something that was just, it was charismatic just the way he, he did his show. You know, Denzel got that, he got that. And y'all, I was walking, and y'all, I didn't even realize I was walking like him, but, but then again, it got good to me. I walked past a couple of mirrors. I was like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> y'all, we imitate our influences. Now, in a comical way, that's me and Denzel, but who you been imitating? And see, some of these influences are so, they're so subtle, we don't recognize them. Some of us had abusive dads. And we have imitated that same influence in our lives. Some, some of us have had abusive moms and we don't even recognize it. And we do some of the same stuff. Y'all, we imitate our influences. And so we don't get to blame mom or dad or grandma. We don't get to blame any of them because we ought to be held accountable for our own actions. And so what the Proverbs is speaking to, to that boy and what, what the psalmist is speaking to us is, y'all, we imitate those who influence us. So you got to be careful who you allow to influence you. So the psalmist opens up with this goal for the godly. Here is the goal for the godly. I want you to catch this. Lives of joy and peace. Look at verse 1. He says, how happy. Your version may say blessed, but that blessed is better translated happy. Happy. That, that joy and peace that are, that are, listen, pouring out of your life. How happy is the one. Y'all, that has to do with our influence. It has to do with us walking into the purpose that God has for every single one of our lives. So if you want to experience this joy and peace, uh, uh, abound in the word happy, listen, you got to every now and then take some relational audits. Y'all, I hate tax time. I hate it with a passion. I get every extension. Amen. I can need a witness. I get, I get extensions on my extension. Amen. <laughs> October 15th is coming quickly, but that's all good. But the point is, point is this. The reason I hate it is because if you don't do it right, Y'all, they're going to audit. See, some of y'all don't know about that. Oh, just keep living. And in that audit, they're going to go through every line, Father God in heaven, every expense. But the whole purpose of the audit is to make sure, watch this, that what you have presented is actual. Y'all, we got to do the same thing with these relationships. 
We, we, every now and then we got to just kind of take some time and just examine who are the individuals that we have given access to our lives. Let's, let's press on, let's press on. So he says in verse 1, happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked. Notice, we invite happiness into our lives when we reject the world's advice. That's what he's dealing with in the text. He's talking about influence, advice. Now, I want to push the text just a little bit. Because, listen, you can't avoid wicked people. Can I get a witness up in here? But you can avoid wicked people having influence in your life. Wow. Uh, uh, let's, let's, let's dig a little deeper. So, if you notice in verse 1. Uh, verse 1, 2, and 3, there is an intensity with the involvement. No, notice it says, uh, uh, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. There's, all, there's an intensity. It's almost like we got to be careful not to get too comfortable. Oh, I, I, I need you right there, y'all. I, I, that's, that's a strong. We got to be careful not to get too. Listen, you cannot let your guard down with ungodly folk. Y'all stay with me. Now, before you think, oh, pastor, that, that's just not right. Jesus hung out with sinners, and yes, he did. But Jesus was the influencer in the relationship. He was the one that, that was the alpha in the relationship. And so what happens to us is we get aligned with individuals that have a greater influence over us, giving us advice, and as a consequence, we start living like them. Let me unpack this. Uh, the first thing I want you to write down is this. Uh, uh, you got to watch those you walk with. You got to watch those you walk with, those you do life with. You got to watch those. You got to watch them. Uh, the question connected to the first one is, who advises you? Who advises you? Now look up at me. This is the age of social media wisdom. Look up at me. Some of us get more social media ministry. <laughs> than authentic biblical wisdom and insight. Who would you say has the greatest influence over your life? And this, this is a real question. I want you to really examine because it says you got to watch those you walk with, you do life with. And so what he's saying in this text is this. If you're getting advice from individuals who have not spent time in God's word, those people who do not honor or acknowledge God, then chances are you are setting yourself up for failure, Stephen Greg Brown. Y'all, you got to watch those. You got to watch those you walk with. Notice in the text, he uses this term kind of, it's, it's wicked. So the term wicked describes people who do not have a covenant relationship with God. I'm going to say that one more time. Those who do not have a covenant relationship with with God, they have little regard for God in their lives. They don't believe that God is who He claims to be. They're not necessarily evil, but they have no regard for God. 
So your happiness, your joy, your peace is connected to the ones you receive advice from. Somebody say, watch those you walk with. Secondly, watch those you agree with. Watch those you, you agree with. He says, how happy is those who, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, watch this, or stand in the pathway with sinners. Stand. Who are you aligned with? Here's the question. Who do they serve? These people that you're in alignment with, do they really serve the Lord? Oh, Pastor Mom, this is, this is not, uh, this is too overly spiritual. I, I just can't, I can't dictate all of that. I don't know what these folk believe in. Listen, it is your responsibility, Stephen Brown. To guard your mind, your heart, to guard your relationships. Again, I'm not telling you to stop being associates with these folks, but I am telling you, you better know them before you stand with them. Young folks, I got so many stories. I remember one time, I may have mentioned this before, but I was hanging out with some guys in my neighborhood. I thought they were good guys. And so we went to... I went to a party one time. Yeah, I used to go to parties. Amen. And I had my mama's car, my mama's Nissan Sentra. And this boy from around the corner, uh, he said, hey, man, uh, can you give me a ride home? I said, yeah, man, come on, let's go. He lived around the corner for me. What's the big deal? Okay, I got I to go get something. And, y'all, he, he goes. I don't know where he went, deep, but he comes back with a chrome-plated 357 Magnum. I said, where do you think you're going with that? I said, boy, this is my mama's car. What do you think you're doing? Here's what he said. She won't know. You know what I said to him? Boy, you don't know my mama. Now, what would have happened if I would have got pulled over? What does it say? Watch those you're in alignment with. What, just what happened if I would have gotten pulled over? Y'all, this is like 1986. I guarantee I wouldn't be standing here today. And so we don't understand how our alignments, those we are in agreement with, how they directly impact our lives, and the lives of those that we love. Let's keep it moving. I'm not going to tell you how the story ends. Amen. <laughs> watch those you walk with. Watch those you agree with. Thirdly, watch those, help me Holy Spirit, you socialize with. Watch those you socialize with. He says right there in the text, sit in the company of, see you're comfortable now. Y'all posted up chilling. Amen. You ain't, you ain't just walking with them. You ain't just standing with them. Y'all, y'all chilling. Y'all in the back of the room. Lights dim. <laughs> See, the inference of the text is you completely let your guard down. Come on, young folk. Y'all, y'all look at me. Y'all, look, put them phones down. Look up here. 
Let, let me talk to the not so young folks. Have you ever been invited somewhere and when, as soon as you walked in, you knew you had no business there? I got one hand in the cowboy jersey. As soon as you walked in. And again, you're, you're not trying to be arrogant or full of pride. But see, as a child of God, you got to know you just can't go everywhere. You just can't be a part of everything. And if you don't have that determination about your own life, then don't expect anybody else to. Walk up in there and stuff going on. Hey, you, you can't take no, I walk, don't even worry about it. I walk, I, I, it's 2019, I'll Uber, I'll Uber, don't even worry about it. I got Uber up on my phone, I'm fine. No, you stay here, you do what you, you do you. But I'm gone. And see, here's what I need young people to understand. You got to have enough faith, you got to have enough courage, you got to have enough dignity in your faith to walk away. I'm trying to teach. I'm trying not to. You got to have enough to walk away. You got to have enough to walk away. Because the inference of the text is when you socialize, when you hang, you're asking the question, who's in your crew? Who's in your crew, young people? Okay, I'm I'm going too long. Let's let's keep it moving. So the psalm is, let's keep going. I'm going to give you some points of application, young people. We're going to. We're going to move on. So, again, there's, there's a comparison contrast as to whom you will allow to influence you. And the psalmist says, you got to be careful of those that you stand with. you got to be careful of those you take advice from. you got to be careful with those you socialize with that you sit with. And then on the flip side, he says, now, you can compensate for all of that by ensuring that The primary advice giver to your life is God and his word. So it gives you the privilege of making sure that everything that you experience goes through the grid of God's word. The text is moving. He says, instead, here's the alternative. His delight is in the Lord's instruction." And he meditates on it day and night. See, the godly folk allow the word of God to influence them rather than the wicked folk. And I've gotten to the point, I, I, I know I'm a little older than, you know, than a lot of the young folk, but let me tell you something, I've gotten to the point where I'm concerned about people's feelings, but I'm not paralyzed by their feelings. And I'm allowing the Lord to give me wisdom and discernment and a way to say it where I can say, you know what, bro, man, God bless you, bro. I, 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 I want to value your opinion, but, but I need for you to understand that's not something that I can internalize. And so the Lord will give you the way to say it. But listen, you got to be bold enough as you speak the truth in love to keep what the Lord has given you protected. He says, instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction that he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted by flowing streams that bears fruit in its season. I like this. And whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. There's an additional psalm in Psalm 92, verse 12, that gives the same sentiment. It says, the righteous, Psalm 92 and 12, the righteous thrive like a palm tree. 
and grow like a cedar tree in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they thrive in the courts of God. They will still bear fruit at an old age, healthy and green. See, I told you, this is not just for the young folk, this is for the not-so-young folks. That we understand that our, our influences impact, watch this, they even impact how good we look. Y'all, I don't want y'all to be 19 and 20 years old, looking like you're 39 and 49. I want you to look good. Because this is a visual world. And people are looking at us like, man, you, you love the Lord? You look like that? My goodness. What has he done for you lately? And y'all, I take pride in going back to my college reunions. This is going to sound real bad, but, you know, I went to school with some guys who, you know, they mocked me and my relationship with the Lord. It's all good. But y'all, 30 years later, we come back to reunion. And I look at them, and they look at me. And it's almost like they say, dog, Brown, I should have listened to you. Because my life has been one dead end after another. Three things about this, I promise we're going to finish. He says, instead, his delight. Get this down, y'all. Receive the word joyfully. Receive the word joyfully. Your delight, your, your joy is in God and his instruction. So here's a question I'm going to add to this, this principle here. Receive the word joyfully. How's the frequency and the potency of your reception of God's word. How's the frequency? How frequently do you receive God's word? What is the depth of your reception of God's word? I'll say it and, uh, 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 again as I always say it. But hopefully you're receiving the word of God on Sundays at 10. And hopefully this is not all that you're getting throughout your week. I mean, I'm grateful that you're here to receive the word and to hear and to learn and to study. That's phenomenal. But hopefully and prayerfully, this is not all that you're getting. So when you receive the word of the Lord joyfully, there is the inference that you're doing it on a regular basis. He says, meditates day and night. You're getting this word constantly because the word is what you use to, to see life through. Young people, hear me now. You may or may not have good examples of people living their lives according to the word of God, but you can be your family's best example. And I guarantee you all that your parents and grandparents have fought and, and sacrificed was for, for you to do a better job than they did. Y'all, we got to receive the word joyfully. So when you come to church, don't come to church mad. I'm moving on, but just do it. With. He says, delight. This should be a wonderful time. Get your pen, your paper out. Oh, we're getting ready to get into the word. Not what is he talking about today? 
He's still on them friendships. and Ain't we done that friendship already? Let's keep going. Somebody say, receive the word joyfully. Secondly, and even more importantly, rely upon the word daily. Rely upon the word daily. And I, I love the, the amens that come, but y'all, do we really rely upon the word daily? I'm getting to the point now where, listen, I am discovering the only thing that keeps me, watch this, from pulling the hair that remains out of my head is my constant Bible engagement. Y'all, everything else seems to be falling apart. The world is falling apart. The government is falling apart. The safety of our community is falling apart. As the word of God has declared, everything else is going to pass away, but the word of our Lord will stand last forever. And y'all, we're investing in everything but a healthy engagement of God and his word. He said, watch this. Meditate, internalize, process constantly. Y'all, we got to rely upon the word daily, not just on Sundays, not just periodically on Wednesdays, but it has to be a daily time of renewal. Young people, you are not exempt. You are not exempt. So as you do your homework, do some Bible study. As you get your assignments in for class, make sure you're doing some, some study and engagement in God's word. Now, parents, how do, you help, how do you help your young people? Number one, you got to model it before them. Somebody say model. Come on, say model. And I've got to do a better job at this because I've said before, it's hard for as a pastor because I'm always in sermon prep mode. That's not really time for me to, to engage with the kids. So I got to create more time in my home for corporate Bible engagement. Parents, it's up to you to model it before these young people. I gave all the dads a box for Father's Day. And don't forget that box. I paid for that box out of my own pocket, that box. And that box is a wonderful tool to have conversations, spiritual conversations that will lead you to the very word of God. But you have to have an opportunity to model it before them so that they can see what it looks like. The psalmist says, receive the word joyfully. He says, rely upon the word daily, meditates. But then thirdly, we discover that the results of the word are powerful. The results of the word are powerful. Look at what he says. He says, he is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears fruit in its season. I'm sorry, that bears fruit its season in its season. That bears its fruit in its season. There it is. And whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. Now, I want you to get out of your head because prosperity always seemingly equates to finances. That's not what this is dealing with. This is dealing more. Watch this. This is dealing more with prosperity in your spirit, prosperity in your life. Prosperity in your relationships, prosperity in your walk. Now, there's a little financial connotation to it because I'm discovered that when, you, when you're in alignment with God and his word, there are some blessings that just come supernaturally. When you are in alignment with God and his word, there are some things that you avoid that cost other people that won't cost you. I need a witness up in here. When you are in alignment with God and his word, he has a way of pouring into you more that you would not have gotten otherwise. But look at the text. He says, he is like a tree 
planted beside flowing streams. Somebody say stability. Come on, stay, say stability. See, when you are planted like a tree, things will happen in your life that you simply cannot avoid. But when you have stability, you're able to stand in the midst of the adversity. Somebody say stability. Y'all had one of the mornings this morning. Bad morning. Pastor got up at 5 o'clock. Rebooted my computer five times. Still didn't work. Tried to use my jump drive. That didn't work. Just frustrated. Just, just jump in the shower. Get here from my class. I get out of my car. Take one step. Twist my ankle. My ankle rolled over. Y'all, you talk about spiritual warfare. Now, I could have walked in my class and just started crying and fretting and all of that. But watch this. Stability. I sat down with my ankle throbbing. Still didn't have my lesson printed out. And I taught it, listen, better than I would have had I had my lesson printed out. And y'all, this is what I'm trying to get you to see. Listen, when, when you are planted... It really doesn't matter what's happening around you because you have the ability to be stable in the midst of the chaos, the uncertainty, the ridiculousness of life. You're able to stand. I'm almost finished. Just stay with me. But he goes on. He says that bears fruits in its seeds, not only stability, but productivity. Somebody say productivity. Come on, say productivity. I need for you to understand that because you are a child of God, there is an expectation that you produce. I got one, all right, I'll take it. There's an expectation. Yeah, that that you are living witness, that you are living and sharing your faith in such a way that you're impacting the lives of others. He didn't save you just to save you. He saved you for purpose. He saved you for meaning. Somebody say stability. Somebody say productivity. Thirdly, he says right here, whose leaf does not wither. Somebody say pretty. I like that right there. Y'all, we supposed to look good. See, he says whose leaf does not wither. The other verse spoke of us looking good even in an old age, healthy and green. Church, we supposed to look good. Let me try this side. We supposed to look good. Thea says she know that's right. We're supposed to have our stuff together. Not perfect, but being perfected. In a manner that glorifies and honors God. Y'all, we got to take better care of ourselves. And as we take better care of ourselves, we'll have something to demonstrate to the world that this is what a transformed life looks like. The results of the word in our lives are powerful. That's my message, but I got to give you this last part. I'm sorry, I'm a little long, but just check this out. Look at the plight of ungodly associates. These are the ones that you try your best to minister to them, but they don't want to receive it. He says, the wicked are not like this, so they're not prosperous. They're not good looking. Instead, they're like chaff that that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners 
in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. Somebody say ruin. That's the tragedy, y'all. I'm, I'm finished, but I need for you to know that if you're misaligned with people who don't have covenant relationship with God, who mock God, who deny the reality of God, and if you allow yourself to be aligned with them where they influence you, listen to me carefully. You can be aligning yourself with that that leads to ruin. So that's everything from your best friend to your girlfriend to your boyfriend. Help me somebody up in here. And what I don't want for you, any of us, is that we're aligned with people who are headed to ruin. Now, if you're able to influence them, to God be the glory. Praise God. I mean, use your influence to the best of your God-given ability, but you better beware. If in this relationship, they're the ones who are actually influencing you. What does he say again? Receive the word joyfully. Rely upon the word daily. And the results of the word in your life will be powerful. Give God a hand of praise right there. Come on, we're finished. Come on, come on, come on. Would you stand with me for just a moment? Come on, stand with me and give God another hand of praise. Come on, stand up. Come on. Let's give God our best hand of praise. Come on, come on. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pause now before we move to acknowledge you. Lord, thank you for reminding us how our friends matter. Lord, it is so important for us to be conscious and intentional about those we allow access to our lives. Father, we can't avoid the world, but we can avoid the world influencing us. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for every young person and every not-so-young person under the sound of my voice that we take this relational audit and just determine where our friends are. And then, Father, give us the courage to walk away if we need to. Lord, if, if we're misaligned with individuals whose lives are going against your word, whose lives are going against where you're having us to go. Father, if we can't influence them, Lord, give us the courage to walk away. Lord, it's a difficult lesson, and I lift up the young people and the not-so-young people. Give us what we need, Father God, because our friends matter. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let everybody say amen. amen. If you have one more hand, one more hand. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, prayer team. Come on, prayer team. Come on down here. Woo! Every Sunday, we want to give individuals an opportunity to be prayed for. And again, we're not, we're not broadcasting your prayer request. We're just, we're assembled over here near the baptistry because we have discovered that you come and you need prayer. Very likely every day, but at least you're going to get it on Sundays. Amen? So very discreetly, go over to my left and your right, and they will be more than happy to whisper a prayer for you and to cover you with believing prayer. Now, you're here. Praise God. It's an honor to see so many of you here on today, and I want to just, just give you an opportunity to make a decision, a decision that I made, man, 40-something years ago. No, that's not true. 30-something years ago. And that was a decision to receive the free gift of salvation made available through Jesus Christ. This morning in our young adult class, we talked 
about a few things, specifically that Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. So I didn't bring works to it. I didn't bring my good looks to it. I didn't bring my Denzel walk to it. Laughing too hard there. But salvation was based upon the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And by receiving that free gift, I gained eternal life. If you've never received this gift, this moment right now is for you. Everything that we've done has been for this moment. We've been praying and preparing for this moment. And if you've never received the gift, I invite you to take a step of faith. When the choir sings that first note or even now, just come forward. These men and women are here to engage you. We're going to take you right out to the rear and share with you God's plan of salvation. Secondly and finally, Pastor Brown, I'm saved. I have a relationship with the Lord, but I don't have a church home. This moment is for you as well. And I want to challenge you to take a step of faith. Well, Pastor Brown, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I, I want to join a church, but I just don't know what. Listen, you're never going to find the perfect church. And if you find the perfect church, it will become imperfect when you join. So come and get in alignment with us. Come share and do life with us and allow us to serve you and to support you. To receive the gift of salvation or to